region of You're listening Dambuja to the now. Shepherd's Voice, featuring the Roman Catholic the Archbishop of, of Singapore, the Lord. Archbishop Praise to you, William Lord Gold. Jesus Christ. My dear brothers and sisters, it is a great temptation that those in political powers try to make use of religion to achieve their political ends. And this is because if there is a country that is homogeneous, one race, one culture, one religion, it is much easier to govern because all the people would have been united by a common faith, a culture, and of course, their race. But today we are living in a very cosmopolitan world. This is no longer possible. How can we ever unite the people in a country that is so diverse in culture, in religion, in languages? Indeed, my dear brothers and sisters, this attempt to politicize or nationalize religion is a grave snare in the division of the country. When politics make use of religion, we must realize that it is a double-edged sword. Religion will also make use of politics. They will try to control political leaders to do their bidding. That is why it's very important to make a distinction, a clear separation between politics and religion. But at the same time, a separation is more a distinction rather than a total separation. In other words, religion and politics, they have their own sphere of influence. Religion is supposed to help people to live righteous lives. Politics is to ensure law and order and progress in the country. And so in today's first reading, we see how this temptation played out in the history of humanity. Jeroboam, who was the one who started a political schism after the death of Solomon separated Israel from Judah. And so when the kingdom of Israel was divided into northern kingdom and southern kingdom, Israel and Judah, it also brought about religious schism as well, not just political schism. We all know very well that the 12 tribes, they were actually one. But because of the political schism, began by Jeroboam, then it resulted in a great division between the peoples of the 12 tribes, the 11 versus, or 10 versus the other two. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, why did Jeroboam decide 
to nationalize religion. It is important to understand that in the ancient days, even with the Israelites, they do not really practice monotheism. What they practiced was henotheism. That is to say, they believe that in every country, in every land, there is a God. Of course, Israel claims that the God in their country is the greatest of all gods. But they also recognize that in other religions or in other countries, they would have their own gods to protect them. This is the background of how Jeroboam started the sanctuaries in the northern kingdom. Because the people were going down to Jerusalem temple for worship every year, especially at the Passover, the Feast of Tabernacles. And so he was afraid, as we have read. If the people were to go to Jerusalem, then their hearts will be still with Rehoboam, the king of Judah, the southern kingdom. And so in order to prevent the people from going to Jerusalem, in case they turn their hearts against him, he built not only two sanctuaries, he had the golden calves to tell the people that these are the gods that you should worship. He appointed even his own priests, not from the tribes of Levi, but from the common people. And even if that was done, it was because simply because the Levitical priesthood would not subscribe to this new form of worship. And he even made the feast coincide with the feast of Israel, the feast of tabernacles. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, with the political schism, we can see how it led to a religious schism. Idolatry prevailed in the northern kingdom. And God was against idolatry. It was Jeroboam who brought idolatry to the northern kingdom. And prophets were sent to call the kings in the northern kingdom to repentance. We have seen that even in battle, there were many good prophets. During the days of prophet Obadiah, he hid 100 prophets in two caves from the wife of King Ahas, Ahab, who wanted to kill the prophets. And then we have, of course, Elijah, Elisha, and even Amos, who was from the southern kingdom, who went to prophesy the northern kingdom. And of course, Hosea. My dear brothers and sisters, these were the attempts to reunite Israel because so long as they were separated, not just politically but religiously, the kingdom would collapse. And indeed, the northern kingdom collapsed eventually to the Assyrian. And as a result of the exile to Assyria, those who remained behind, they intermarried with the Assyrians and neighboring neighbors. So much so that the Jews in the 
the Israelites in the northern kingdom were no longer pure Israelites, pure Jews. So because of that, that is why we can understand the context of today's gospel. The Jews in the southern kingdom despised those in the north. First and foremost, they didn't have true worship. We, can, we read this especially in the Samaritan woman. They rejected the Samaritans because they were not of pure breed. They didn't worship the right place. And as far as they're concerned, they were Gentiles. And that is why today's gospel has to be read within that context. Today's gospel is on the multiplication of loaves for the 4,000. Earlier on, Jesus multiplied loaves for 5,000. It's good for us to take note. When the miracle was performed for 5,000, there was practically no reaction at all. Neither from the religious leaders, neither from the crowd. But in this case here, there was a strong reaction because we are told that after this multiplication of loaves for the 4,000, the Pharisees began to demand from Jesus a sign. Why did he perform that miracle? And then even the disciples were confused when Jesus warned them about the east of Herod and the Pharisees. And they thought that it was because they did not carry bread with them. What was the crux of the problem with Jesus multiplying the loaves for 4,000? Because in this context, the multiplication of loaves was for the Gentiles, not for the Jews. Jesus actually was in the Gentile territory. And that is why we notice that seven baskets full of scraps were collected. And when Jesus asked, how many loaves have you? Seven. Seven is a number for the Gentiles. If you remember in the early church, the seven deacons were chosen from the Greek-speaking Jews. And so the question is simple. The context was this. Jesus was actually taking care of the Gentiles. And so they were scandalized. Because as far as they we were concerned for the Pharisees and even for the apostles, the Gentiles should not have a place in salvation. And Jesus actually was reaching out to them. So what is the most important lesson we can learn? Is that religion does not belong to any race, any nation. Christianity is not a Western religion. Christianity does not belong to the West. Christianity is a religion that belongs to everyone. We express our faith according to our culture. Faith cannot be changed. Same faith, but the expression can be different. Depending on the culture that we are brought up. And so it's very important for us to recognize this. That God loves everyone. And therefore, even for us as Christians... We need to respect people of other faith. We need to embrace them. After all, there is only one God who is the creator of us all, regardless of who we are, Christians or otherwise. And all the more, if we are Christians, then we should 
actually really care for one another. But honestly, if you look at the world today, Christians are killing each other and they all worship the same God. This is the biggest irony. If we believe that God is the Father of all, and especially more so, if we are Christians and we know that Jesus is our brother and God is our Father, how could Christian nations go to war with each other and killing each other? And this is true, of course, for other religions as well. That is why, my dear brothers and sisters, let us remember, God is the Savior of us all. And therefore, we need to respect one another. And at the end of the day, we are one humanity. We all belong to the same Creator. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring His Grace, Archbishop William Goh. This podcast is brought Let's to you by Catholic SG Radio.